Welcome back to the Dan Prop Show. So many nuggets from uh, St. Andrew of COVID-19's presser on Friday on a range of topics, not just his uh, damage control on the nursing home scandal cover-up. Good old Andy changing his tune. Different guy than uh, last year on reopening the economy, on in-person learning in schools. Local governments can vaccinate the teachers, but the students deserve in-class teaching. This remote learning is a poor substitute for in-class teaching. Remote learning is a poor substitute for in-class teaching. Wow, who would have thunk that? Except uh, people like me and so many of our guests who are steeped in the education of young people or that we've discussed that we've discussed this topic with over the last year. And now uh, the Johnny-come-latelys want you to forget everything that has transpired up until this point. But still, for some, it's not enough not enough to acknowledge that fact uh, in terms of getting kids back in school because now try to follow this logic katie porter who's a single mom this was played up in her little star turn at cnn single mom she's a congresswoman from california uh she wants the kids back to school but we can't send them back to school until we accommodate for how far they've fallen behind from not being in school do you follow it's about what's going to happen when they do all go back to school. And that's where Senator Michael Bennett from Colorado and I have authored a letter to the Department of Education pointing out to them that we can't just put kids back in school as if their learning and social and emotional development has not been severely interrupted. And this problem is particularly acute with regard to math and science education. So it's a workforce issue and a workforce development issue as well. Oh, sure it is. Something else uh you know, the the bane of uh, civilization, conservatives like me, have been talking about since these uh, unprecedented lockdown policies. Uh, now we're hearing from politicians who are wholly owned subsidiaries of the teachers unions about the negative effects of keeping kids out of school, uh, about remote learning versus in-person learning. And we've moved away from the need to... Uh, you know, completely redo the HVAC system in every schoolhouse in America to get kids back to school to now saying we these policies have left kids behind, put them behind. We knew that since the spring study after study. But uh, we did it for the better part of a year anyway. We the lockdown politicians did the teachers unions did. And now they're circling back to say this damage that was caused by somebody. They won't know say who. Well, that needs to be addressed before kids can get back into school. To help us with this logic, we're pleased to be joined by Kyle Salmon, lawyer from Pennsylvania, senior contributor to The Federalist and co-host of the Conservative Minds podcast. Kyle, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for having me on. So I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to you know, follow the logical thread being offered by the left these days when it comes to uh, educating children and getting them back into school. They, they do want it. Of course they want it, but it's got to be safe. And now it's not even about teacher safety anymore. Now it's about trying to get them up to speed for the education they haven't received over the last year. Yeah, that one baffled me. I mean, I, I saw that Katie Porter comment, and it I don't know what she wants to happen. I mean, it, if she thinks they're falling behind by not being in school, then it seems to me the answer would be get back in school. And But not I, until they're caught up. Right, and, <laughs> and how is that going to happen? I mean, she plays up, you know, she's a single mother, her kids weren't home, but a, a congresswoman can afford... Uh, you know, uh, you know, in-home child care. They can afford a lot of things that most people can't. And, you know, her kids might be doing all right, but everybody else's kids who don't have the options, who only can, you know, only can afford public school, 
what are they supposed to do? Just keep falling farther behind? I, I don't, I don't know where, I don't know what the way out is under that scenario. Uh, and you've also written about how uh, the left is normally uh, wants to point to Europe and say we should be more like them. Um, but not when it comes to how long their kids have been back in school. The, I'm talking about European families, Western European families uh, in, in two dozens of countries who've been in school, in-person learning, some five days a week since the fall. Yeah, that's what I looked at in my article uh, with Federalist last week. It, um, most of them have been open since September, every day, you know, five days a week, full schooling. And, you know, they take the precautions. They maybe they wear masks, they distance the desks, they wash hands more often. But it's been fine. Um, the New York Times even reported this a couple of months ago about France that of uh, all the kids who were back in school, just 0.06% of them tested positive for COVID. And that's a way lower rate than the national rate. And there's also no evidence that it even spreads in school. You know, it's not, it's not like this. And it's not like Europe is being reckless about this. They're... They studied the facts. They looked at who transmission rates are, are more likely to affect, and they saw that schools were safe, and they had been safe. And, uh, and now they've been in there five months, and they're still safe. Is there any explanation, do you think, for the um, situation in so many school districts, particularly the big urban ones in this country, other than just uh, people didn't appreciate just how much command control the teachers' unions have over those schools and they will dictate the terms of their working conditions and take every opportunity to upgrade the uh, terms of those working conditions when uh, one presents itself. Yeah, I think a lot of people didn't realize how, yeah, I think they were buying what the teachers union were, were selling over the years was that you know, they presented themselves as in it for the kids. It's all about the kids. But I, I don't think that's the way any uh, labor unions organize. They're, the point of a union is to represent the members. And that's what they're doing. And they're doing... I guess, from their point of view, a great job of it. But there, it's, I think it's not just the unionization, because, you know, France has teachers' unions, too, as right. a lot of European countries. I think what it is is that our politicians just are unwilling to compromise when it comes to the unions. And a lot of European politicians who are historically more pro-union, more pro-left, you know, left-leaning, big state, they still were taking the parents and the teacher and the uh, students' interests into account way more than ours were. And that's that's, the, that's not what you'd expect if you just had this uh, view of Europe as like us but more left. But they actually are making some hard choices over there, and it's, it's worked out great. Their kids are back in school, most of them since September, um, some even longer. I wonder if, if here also the reason that teachers' unions can get away with what they maybe aren't getting away with in Western Europe, um, I can't imagine their politicians are particularly more courageous than ours, but we have these other institutions that are supposed to you know, present some some uh, somewhat of an adversarial process so that you have real representation of families' interests. So school boards, the superintendent, some of these other local controlling bodies and through elections. And what's happened in so many school districts, unbeknownst to many of these families that are supposed to be represented, their kids educated, is that the teachers' union has captured the school board, has captured the superintendent. So it looks like an institution that has competing interests, so there's some balance, you know, negotiation and so forth, really is a, a situation that's dominated by the, the, the union, which is dominated by one of those, uh, those players. I, I think that's absolutely right. I, I think in most, most circumstances where there's unionized labor, you know, in a private business, the the party on the other side of the negotiating table really is adverse to their interests, you know, and, and 
you know, the, the owner of a factory looks at things a lot differently than the uh, head of a school board. In, you know, in a private situation, you might see these two forces really are competing against each other, and then they come to an agreement in the middle, and it's, you know, it's a compromise that works for everybody. That's exactly what happens. Kyle Salmon, lawyer from Pennsylvania, senior contributor to The Federalist, Federalist.com, co-host of the Conservative Minds podcast. Check out his piece, which I'll tweet out. Leftists want America to be like Europe, except on reopening schools. Kyle, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Exposing political fakers, fixers, and takers. He's Dan Proft, and this is The Dan Proft Show.